You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. The content of this program is sponsored by the Sativa Talk podcast. The content of this program does not reflect the views or opinions of 91.5 Jazz and More or the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Welcome to another episode of Sativa Talk Podcast, where we have blunt conversations. We like to talk about cannabis, of course, whether you are a vet, newbie, or just curious, we got you covered. And we'll get into some lifestyle and entrepreneurship as well. Today, we are celebrating episode number 16. The number 16 represents independence, leadership, and service to others. As such, it can be a powerful vibration for positive change in your life. The energy of 16 tends to resonate, especially when alone to think a problem through to its best solution. It also resonates well when making decisive goals and pursuing them and being a solution finder for others. So we're going to bask in the, the, the celebration, the essence of number 16. And with today's guest, today's very special guest, we have E.B. Ronke, which is she is a former engineer turned marketing executive and also a globe trotter. Ooh, thank you for the... Um career promotion yeah. <laughs> yeah. a marketing executive yes. girl <laughs> a marketing manager but we'll take it okay yeah because ain't nobody's business true so now that we go over the number 16 and what it represents um in regards to independence leadership service to others how do you think that resonates for you uh, that's me as a whole yeah as a whole everything. just everything <laughs> no <laughs> um my analytical self would want to dive deeper into the reasons 16 represent those things. But I think from just a personal resonation, it's service to others in leadership, mm-hmm. right? The best kind of leader, in my opinion, is a service um, leader. Someone mm-hmm. who leads by example, who leads by serving. Uh, and it's something that I would say deep down, I kind of strive for as well, right? Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I'll leave it there. As far as uh, how that resonates uh, in regards to leadership, um, sometimes the best, some good lessons you learn is from watching other people. Mm-hmm. So I kind of watch someone else kind of be a not a good leader and kind of learn from that. Uh, being a leader, you have to be able to uh, connect with your people and then make the adjustments to make you know that everyone in the group feels like needs to be made letting them um feel like they're being heard instead of you knowing everything and, and com- being combative so that's actually a pretty good talent to have so and it's hard to come by yeah it really is especially someone that's humble that's a leader um who who treats you as an equal so that's important so as i evolve into my uh, my roles, I want to embody that because I want to be a good leader. I want people to say, yeah, I work with her and she helped me X, Y, and Z, or we worked on this together. Like, that's same, I same. I feel like it adds more days on your life. It does. It, and it, it makes things easier. And something that I noticed uh, somewhat recently is I've interacted in the past six months or so with leaders that are such good leaders that are so supportive of their people. Mm-hmm that where they go their people go yeah and that's really powerful yeah for someone to be like i trust you 
my experience with you has been so dope that I'm willing to leave the current company and go with you to your next company. And that's how great leaders continue to excel because they're building out their teams and they don't have to start all over again. Mm -hmm. They're able to take people with them that they know, that they trust, that they work well with. And that's how you build a super team. Yeah. You know, so that's something that I hadn't seen in my career early on. And it's really refreshing to see that now Mm because I'm like, yo, if I ever get to that level, when? Sorry. When I get to that level, like that's a whole different ballgame, you know? Mm -hmm. So hearing you talk about that, I feel like being an influencer and being a leader, it's kind of one of the same Mm. because you want those people that you've uh, gained to continue to follow you across whatever platform you are on. For real. So, um, and being that, you have to listen to, you know, their suggestions. Okay, so whenever I post content, right, I had to get out of my head, like, assigning my friends to be my filter, right? Because sometimes they're just not available and that's just life, right? Mm. So sometimes you just have to just post it and see the reaction from your tribe that you're, that you've built online and mm. they'll for sure let you know. That's right. The, the reactions you get to let you know. Sometimes you may get, you know, 100 plus comments. Sometimes you may just get a couple likes <laughs> and that's how you know, okay, maybe I need to tweak this. Exactly. So being able to accept that because it hurt. Okay, four likes hurts. Especially when you spend a lot of time on it. It's true, but it's. I think, like, when you get to a point where you don't take it personally, mm-hmm. even though it's tough because it's personal, right? Yeah. Especially when it's, if it's, a, if you're a lifestyle influencer or you're sharing stuff that is personal to you mm-hmm. or that's your, like, baby in terms of a new product or a new feature or release or whatever it is, it can feel personal, but you have to, like, not make it personal Mm -hmm. and something that i've realized like especially now that i'm a marketer is it it's really important to understand your customer your prospects your end user put yourself in their position Mm -hmm. uh you it's not about you it's not about what you want it's not Mm -hmm. about what you think works it's really about like who is your target audience Mm -hmm. and how can you really resonate and relate to them how can you understand how they think what their behaviors are how they live their life where they hang out mm-hmm. what like really it comes down to that it's kind of a little bit like psychology it is it it, it really is and yeah. uh, when you just kind of jump into this you don't really you don't look at it that way Mm-mm. and so it, and a lot of times it is ran by your emotions and that's probably the last thing you want to add to it. So yeah. it's all trial and error. But um, just from my experience, like I said, just kind of post it out there and just wait. See for what the, happens. See what happens. Close the phone. <laughs> if it's a real Walk risky away. post, leave it away for like two to three hours. Come back. And- Girl, I'll be refreshing that feed. Like, what well, is it posted? No one saw it yet. But you know, the good thing is, though, Instagram has the new feature where you can't see. You can't always see the number of likes on a post. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if it's not too many it's like okay. yeah no i'd rather the saw. views than the likes like come on cut my ego a break <laughs> good grief but uh real quick i do want to give a thanks to our sponsors the business entertainment west they are in the business of providing entertainment on the west coast you can find them on instagram at biz ent west underscore vegas and tell them thank you for bringing angie t back to the airways now of course it's a sativa talk podcast it would be it would be disrespectful if i did not talk about a little bit about what's going on in the cannabis realm so there is actually a new bill going around to protect insurance companies 
also insurance companies that work with marijuana businesses. They just basically want to be protected in and that the federal government will not come in and raid them and shut them down and this, that, and that. Raid who? The insurance companies? The companies, because it's not federally legal. So they want to be able to be protected when it is state legal to be able to insure these companies. So legislation um, would protest insurance, insurers, uh, brokers, agents from being penalized by federal regulators for providing insurance services to state licensed marijuana companies. It was filed just one day after the House of Senate lawmakers filed a uh, related bill to safeguard banks that work with the industry so insurance companies are oftentimes reluctant to provide coverage this bill will help entrepreneurs operating in the legal cannabis sector access to the insurance they need to protect their business now this is big because a lot of businesses have already went out of business because they did not have that insurance things happen in your business especially if you have a grow let's say you know um the fans, the AC breaks or something, you know, something that normally had it been any other business, a bakery, what have you, those machines would have been covered. But because it is, you know, in the cannabis realm and it's not federally legal, it isn't covered. So that has to come out of their pocket. Mm. So um, and, and the list goes on. And, and now that we have the consumption lounges, that's great because, you know, in the consumption lounge, they have to have the, uh, the air vents mm. over each section. Could you imagine if one of those vents went out mm-hmm. and they just started their business? So how can they afford that? That's right. And so we actually had um, uh, give a shout out to CIC, the pathway to ownership, because they had a um, they had a couple owners when we was just became legal here in Las Vegas. And they came in and said that a lot of the companies that they were trying to work with to get insured when it was time to file a claim, they were denied mm-hmm. uh, that claim. And then they didn't have any backup. They didn't have anyone to help them because technically they weren't supposed to be insured anyway. So mm. hopefully this bill will offer some insurance on both sides. That's nice. Ain't that's nothing dope. worse than paying for insurance and then can't use it. Cancel me, baby. I think that's most insurance policy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's honestly all jokes aside, though, that's it. It goes to show you all the like intricacies of being a business owner yeah. and how every little factor you think it's just as simple as starting and there are so many factors that go into it and within the cannabis industry how many things are kind of stacked up against them mm-hmm. so it's nice that there's one less barrier somebody's looking out for somebody yeah sheesh yeah now this article i found very interesting because i know here in las vegas um consumption i'm sorry uh dispensaries have to be within a certain amount of feet away from each other whereas in places like oregon or something like that it can be on every block Mm -hmm. you just get it how you live marketing at its finest right Mm -hmm. so uh in uh canada most canadian neighborhoods are located within five minute of a five minute drive of a marijuana dispensary a study shows and they are all flourishing Mm -hmm. i'm just saying (laughs) so i feel like what vegas it Big Brother is definitely sorting some things out to make sure that he get paid. But I'm just saying, having that business model really feels... That's what opportunity feels like. We don't have to play this game of lottery and hoping and, and people kind of targeting the the small, uh, the independently owned dispensaries and just waiting for them to fail so the corporations can come in and buy their license and exactly. just kind of playing this dirty game. Let everybody in yeah. and just let's just see how... Because everybody can eat. Yeah. We, everyone could, in theory, eat. Maybe not in this current system, mm-hmm. but if things were tweaked a little bit, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I think that the U.S. is an interesting climate to have um, cannabis in and hopefully we get to a point where you know federally it is legal then we don't have to jump through hoops 
Mm. I mean, not I'm not a business owner in cannabis, but yeah, I saying. mean, who knows? <laughs> yeah, who knows? I I don't really see you working in it, but an investor of some sort, I can definitely. Let's you know, speak it. Let's Evie speak is it. a send me the the um the uh, financials type <laughs> of <laughs> investor. Let me look at it real quick. You know what I'm saying? I do want to give a shout out to uh, Assemblyman Ruben Silva. Ruben D. Silva. He's actually here in Las Vegas. Uh, Always supports all my things. But he he presented a bill for them to make marijuana federally legal. So Mm -hmm. we are still pushing the envelope. So appreciate you for that. All right. So how to, you know, get the order of business out the way. Mm -hmm. Now, I do want to tap on a little bit about you because you have been traveling a lot. Um... Uh, you've been in, uh, spent a lot of time in Africa, the different countries, and mm-hmm. visiting and, and things of that sort. So I found this article that was talking about travel etiquette, okay. right? What what you must do or what you should or shouldn't do. Okay. Now, homegirl, <laughs> I already feel, well, let me hear it first, because I'm not really big on what you should or should not do type um, thing. I like to ask for forgiveness, not permission. <laughs> <laughs> really? Uh, I think so. To a degree. If yeah. it's like, compl- if it's against the rules, like you're a bit hesitant. I mean, yeah, I don't want to go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> if there wasn't a rule created, then you'll, be, you'll okay. Yes, I'm not going to do things that are against the law, okay? I said rules, not law. Oh. Not every rule is a law. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> make me feel like I'm a criminal. <laughs> um, so she was talking about, um, all right, let's see. One guess about leaving the room service trays and mess in the hallway. What? What? Baby, these towels, they can't stay in here. Wait, what? Is, <laughs> so we're going to do our own etiquette because I don't even like what You don't she, even want to go over it? <laughs> it's too much? I mean, listen, the the towels that, that get used, <laughs> definitely, that's where they go. Or um, They go where? Either outside the door or just by the door. Oh, that's weird. Is it? Uh, yeah. What do you, where do you put it? When I just put them on the floor of in the, the bathroom. bathroom, and then when housekeeping I mean, yeah. comes in, they clean it. Sure, yeah. but the trays, the food trays. Oh, um, what is it called? That's not normal. You mean um, room service? Room service. I mean, yeah, I mean room yeah. service. Some people leave them outside. That's what I thought. Yeah, that's not normal. Uh, you can do it. Yeah. I thought so. Well, mm-hmm. that's why I don't want to go by her list. <laughs> so I would say travel etiquette: things you need to have with you while traveling. In your backpack, like on you, accessible, your carry-on, whatever. Okay. You definitely need to have some backup clothes, like some underclothes. Just yeah, you should case. at least have a couple pairs of underwear in case your check bag doesn't come. Yeah, exactly. That's what yeah. I'm saying. It's summertime. People preparing to travel, so I just want to tap on yeah. these things. couple outfits. I'll also say... Wait, couple outfits? Yeah, like one or two. Like, it doesn't have to be Okay, that just a quick little short set or something. Yeah, I mean, if you're going somewhere cold, have some leggings. Mm, in the backpack. Yeah. Okay. And I didn't even make it there. I'll just just give me some clean draws and I'll figure out the rest. If it's internationally, you want to have a couple. Okay. Yeah. International. Yeah. 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 The thing is, wait. Can we talk about a couple act like etiquette things before we talk about like what you need? Go ahead. Granted, I think everyone should know this etiquette. Don't take your shoes off if you ain't got no socks. Don't put your feet up on the seats. Oh, near in, people on the airport in the airplane. Yes, okay. I've had that experience. Usually going to an international country. Mm. <laughs> Yo, I remember this one lady, and she like just balled up next to me, and I was just like, Ooh. "Yeah, 
Yeah. Like she was snuggling? You guys were snuggling? Oh, no. But I'm just saying, like, she, like, laid on her seat and her feet were, like, three inches from me. Oh. I don't like that. Yeah, that's gross. Um, Another thing, this is tough, though, because people can't always control, like, their presence in a space. But, like, if you, if you're working on your laptop, you know, try to keep it in your space. If you're Mm -hmm. in the middle seat, you might want to give up on that. But I remember, <laughs> I remember I was flying and I and I was sitting in the middle seat. Unfortunately, you know the middle told. seat is just I hate it. Brutal. It is. I don't care what airline you with. The middle it's seat the is worst. never fun. But I was flying Spirit. It was my first time flying Spirit in like three years, too, actually. Mm-hmm. And I messed up on something. Had to cancel my Southwest flight and rebooked with Spirit because that was the only thing that was somewhat reasonable. To the left was this lady who was like five foot two, had like 17 inches of space between her knees and the front seat. Mm. And she was on the window seat, whatever. Uh, I was in the middle seat. My my knees were like half an inch from the seat. Mm-hmm. And then to the right of me was somebody who was a little bit bigger and like working on their laptop and like, like this. And I'm just like... <sighs> Yeah. It was a little, you know, I, I think that's something that's an etiquette thing. But obviously, sometimes if you got to work, you got to work. I feel like, but, well, okay, on, on this last trip, you know, I did a quick little turnaround. I was on spirit, y'all. It was, it was a mess. I ain't even gonna <laughs> lie. But um, the lady in the middle seat, she definitely was not feeling it. She, I let her put a little thigh on me. You know, she was trying, <laughs> she was, she was trying to get as comfortable as she could. <laughs> and I was like, it, all right, it's tough. It's this tough one sometimes. time you get the thigh meat. It's tough. Now, okay, so one of the things I did not know, or maybe it's just different airlines, mm-hmm. is bringing liquor on the plane. You are not allowed to drink liquor on a plane no one told me that, that. you bring with you <laughs> they used to serve it that's why i was like hey it's you, a party you can drink the liquor they serve you cannot drink the liquor you bring on baby listen did you try that i i didn't oh i didn't God. know so listen so i was on the plane <laughs> my flight was supposed to be two and a half hours we sat on the runway for two hours and then we had to go back because we ran out of gas and to get more uh gas so we went to the gate they let us off I was frustrated. Clearly, this is another reason why marijuana needs to be federally legal because I would love to have spent my time inside of a um, a consumption lounge instead of a bar. Fair. Just saying. So I got went to the bar. This guy was like, oh, yeah, I can make you a really good uh, margarita. I was like, okay, cool. He's like, oh, I got Hennessy margarita. First of all, why are you saying that? It's because I'm black. And the answer is yes. So, <laughs> But was it good? It was delicious. Okay. But it was very strong. So I put it in a coffee cup. And I was headed back to the line so I could get back on the plane. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. So I'm carrying my cup and I'm getting down. You know, it took the edge off. So I was a little bit more relaxed. I was ready to go to sleep. And then the flight attendant gets on the intercom. It's like, if you have any, you, sh- uh, you what did she say? You shouldn't have any liquor on the plane. And it is against federal. Li-. I was like, oh. Wait, how could she tell? Shoot. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Somebody like, snitched. Wait, my she, like, she must have smelled it. <laughs> Hennessy has a strong smell. She smelled so it on I, you. I hurry up and I kill the drink. <laughs> and I pop the peppermint. <laughs> oh my God. Please just She definitely me to smelled Vegas. it. She smelled it. I There's think no so. other way because people. Well, She's never said. I've never but, heard them say that. But question Did she say at the beginning of the flight before, you, like, as you were going to take off or in the middle of the flight? 
No. Uh, uh, once everyone got on their on the flight and got seated, girl, um, they make that announcement every single time. You do just, they? Yeah, you just don't pay attention. I've never heard them. Even I, the first time we boarded, like I didn't hear us. My, my about flight alcohol. from San Francisco to here. I'm pretty okay. sure they did. Because I was for sure paranoid. And I was like, okay, I don't know if okay. I'm gonna get tipsy, but it's gotta go down the hatchet. <laughs> I thought she did it in the middle of the flight. I was like, oh, she knew. Okay, no, I think it was just standard announcement. Could you imagine? Okay. Yeah. Okay, so we don't want that for anyone else listening out there, do not go to the bar in the airport. Um, I mean, you can do it. Just make sure you finish. You got to finish your drink. Yeah, Yeah. because there was actually a TikToker that was upset. Uh, She was actually flying to Vegas from Oregon, I believe, and uh, she got a drink from one of the bars at the airport, and they she got a mimosa from the uh, bar, and they put her off the plane right before they was about to take off. They put her off the plane because she had a drink. I was like, oh, snap. How could they tell it was a mimosa? She went to the bathroom. I want to say maybe her drink spilled over or something when she oh. got back to her seat or something along those lines. And they kicked her off yeah, the plane? Yeah, she got kicked off the plane and had to go and book another flight later that night. Yikes. Right? Okay, that's Y'all gonna send me back to the bar, like... <laughs> I was going to say sneak, but don't sneak. That's not worth it. No, no, no. just don't. Don't I do just, it. Don't I do was it. nervous. Yeah. <laughs> I was so nervous. That's hilarious. So um, back to travel etiquette. Of mm-hmm. course, you definitely want to pack like a little quick little toothbrush, toothpaste in, in the immediate backpack, purse, whatever you got. Your carry on. I want to just also say, because I, I don't know. And I'm not judging you. Whatever caliber traver, traveler you are, it's your business. You do Spirit and Frontier and all them. That's <laughs> and it's good. a backpack. You do again. Backpack, backpack. Delta, whatever. So Spirit and, and Frontier, they ain't playing no more games, y'all. Mm-hmm. You remember you used to be able to, for your personal items, I'm using air quotations. You can have a backpack and a purse. Maybe no, it's, I don't yeah. think you oh, ever could do that. Oh, I well, I was. I yeah. lived my best life in those times. Oh yeah, backpack and a purse. Now the you purse, the purse has in the back, yes. and they have a person that's standing right by the gate that makes you put your backpack into like the does it fit little right. Oh, they made you do oh, that. No, I finessed on back because it wouldn't have fit. <laughs> baby, what? Yeah. I went to the store. There's another. Did life. you get a bag so that you could put your travel stuff in? hack? Yes. yes. If you got too much in your hands. Go to one of the stores inside the airport. Mm-hmm. Get you a bottle of water or something. Ask for a bigger bag. No, get a bag of chips. I already had chips. Uh, I put my purse at the bottom and then I put the chips at the top. So it looks like it's a bag of, of snacks. I'm done. But yeah, it works. Travel hack. We mm-hmm. gotta we gotta get out here best way we can. Yeah. And and or like go if even if you have like a shopping bag, a bigger shopping bag, and it looks like you just bought clothes at the airport. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. too big because then they'll pull you to the side and still <laughs> tag you. But just. Just, just for your lap. <laughs> okay. <laughs> do you have so? Um, one of the things I've been pushing for you is to do more um, videos with your travel. Yes. So what what has been some of the experiences? You know, you've traveled a lot internationally. Mm-hmm. What's one of the you know experiences or lessons that kind of stuck with you? Uh, now that you are able to kind of spread your wings and get a, it's different when you can elevate and kind of see things that are grander scale um so i'll talk about my most recent trip and kind of like work back so most recent trip i went to columbia and it was technically a solo trip so i booked it out to be out there for three weeks and the first thing is no matter how many times you travel maybe it's different for others but for me there's always a little bit of like nerves that you have when it's a solo trip Mm -hmm. especially as a woman you know yeah and some people would consider me um less cautious 
mm. than other folks. Um, <laughs> I just think people are a little overly um, paranoid about the world. Like, there's so much beauty. And I think ultimately that's probably my biggest lesson. Every time, every single time I leave this country, I interact with people who that I normally would not connect with on a normal day to day. So I was in Colombia. I met a woman from Vancouver, super dope energy. I met two men from Italy, from um, actually the southern part of Italy, from Sicily. And they were like, come, you know, when you come to Italy, we'll show you around. We have an, we own, like one person owned like an ice cream shop. Another guy owned a, a series of ice cream shops, another, a few mm-hmm. bars, restaurants. And just super welcoming and these are just again people and interactions that under normal circumstances day to day even if you're in a very diverse city do you really take the time to stop and have conversations with people yeah I think traveling alone definitely forces you to kind of put yourself out there and and speak to people that you have like you said if you were in your hometown you probably never would have connected with them exactly but when you travel it's kind of like you want to get to know other people and you build connections like you are a great example of that Um, even though I am one of the people that feel like sometimes I got to reel you in a little bit but (laughs) um keeping in contact you meet people who live in different countries and you keep in contact with them and Mm -hmm. you know a lot of times those contacts actually you know you can build business relationships Mm -hmm. with so um I think that's pretty awesome too most employment financial opportunities come from your weak ties and weak ties being people who are not your close friends Mm -hmm. in your immediate circle so it's something that like is worth experiencing if that's something that you enjoy I um I think one other random practical lesson is always travel with a backup phone. A backup phone? A backup phone. Please. Yeah, so when I was in Colombia, I kind of lost my phone. (laughs) And I used my Mac to locate it. And it was basically moving out of the city. I'm seeing it move out the city. And it was about an hour out. I got my phone back, though. Y'all. Because I'm a G, man. (laughs) I was telling her, forget the phone. Phone's gone. I was going to pull up. (laughs) I was going to pull up. I was going to pull up to the city, but luckily um, it, I lost it on the party bus I was on. The mm-hmm. owner was able to bring it back. And thankfully, I connected with a local um, Colombian woman who was super sweet and helped me get my phone back because mm-hmm. my Spanish isn't good. Um, so that's another thing. I think another lesson is to just go off your vibes and intuition. Mm-hmm. So you're meeting people, you're interacting with them. Be smart. You know, don't advertise that you're traveling alone and solo. Right. Um, pay attention to people's energy. Pay attention to their mannerisms. Be okay with being like, you know what? I'm going to like go home. I'm going to call an Uber or, or Lyft or whatever. Um, yeah. Don't get too loose. Exactly. Be, step out of your comfort zone, but still but still take precautions. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something as I've gotten older, I'm more cognizant of. Mm -hmm. Definitely was a little bit more reckless when I was in my early 20s. Absolutely. So, I mean, I think we all are, right? In some aspect, yeah. I Mm -hmm. I definitely agree. So I want to take this time to challenge um, anyone here that's listening or watching this video. um, If you haven't done so already, I challenge you to, to do a trip by yourself. Yes. You can start small, whatever the next city is from where you're watching or listening to. It's fine. It'll, it'll, it'll get you started um but i know it's scary for me when i started doing uh, i started going to like local networking events by myself and that's one of the ways to kind of build my confidence like oh it's really not that bad mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I know people, mm-hmm. you know, talk about dining out by yourself. Baby, I will have a whole feast <laughs> alone. What are you talking about? It's wonderful. It's really important to do things by yourself. Yeah. There was something that someone was someone posted, a friend of mine, and I really like resonated with it because it was like, how much time do you actually spend alone? Mm-hmm. Unplugged, not being stimulated by something externally. And how often do you do things alone? Because if we're being honest, to not be grim, you enter this world alone. You leave this world alone. Unless you're a twin, triplet, quadruplet, whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, they go. And even then, they're all going to die alone. That sounds mm-hmm. really, like, grim to say. But, like, <laughs> it's real. So, as much as community and companionship is super important, mm-hmm. sometimes it's really nice to be able to be like, oh, my gosh, like, I got it. I just did this. I I embarked on it. I got on the plane by myself. I landed and we figured it out from there, you know. So I 1000% agree like everybody should at least try it once. Just give it a shot. Yeah. Okay. Now I know we got to wrap up the show. 30 minutes goes fast, huh? My bad. And I was talking a lot. No, No, that's what you do on podcasts. You talk. (laughs) As long as you're something worthwhile saying now. We can't be on here just lollygagging and shenanigans and whatnot. But um, do you have any lasting comments or social media plugs from when you post your travel stuff (laughs) yeah i know i'm gonna try to do it okay so i guess i'll start with the plugs and give me time to think about the last thing um plugs my instagram is runkification that's long it's r-o-n-k-i-f-i-c-a-t-i-o-n and you can follow me on Instagram that way Twitter which I'm not active on don't even bother that go ahead <laughs> Twitter Twitter is stressful <laughs> it is very um, I think the last thing the, the last thing thing that I will say is a couple things one do it scared whatever it is and two like sometimes just don't overthink it just go with your gut like I'm an overthinking I'm an overanalyzer because of my supposedly because I am formerly an engineer but like sometimes just do things like and I think travel is a great example of that like sometimes I'll just pick up I'm really bad at planning that aspect of things and in some ways it's because it allows me to just be so just be All right, just be. I like that. Mm -hmm. All right, well, I want to thank you uh, again for coming on and thank you to my sponsors, the Business Entertainment West, for the sponsorship. If anyone would like a mention or sponsorship, you can reach me at angt.onair at gmail.com. Thank you, Wesley, in the sound room. No, we need all that. (laughs) Um, If you would like to run this episode back or you missed any previous episodes, you can search Sativa Talk Podcast on Spotify. Google Play, Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Addict, and of course, UNLV's website. Just search for the podcast. My Instagram is NGT underscore on air or Facebook, Angie Thompson. I want to send my love and appreciation out to you guys for tuning in, and I'll see you next week.